You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast at Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are changing things up just a bit for the podcast. Of course, over the last year, Pastor Matt has gone a step further with Sunday's message. We're going to start having some more conversations with some of our staff members about the topics we are covering during our series. And so, of course, we've just started a series. You got to go through it. You got to get through it. You got to have those tough conversations. You got to work together as a husband and a wife, as a family. You got to have difficult conversations and you got to live life. And that's how we grow. And so we are welcoming in for the beginning of this new series of podcasts, Jesse and Olivia Ruzik. Olivia is our newest kids associate. Is that your correct title here? That is the correct title. Do we yes. know what kids associate means exactly? Um, it is something that the very creative Joe Malley came up with, kids okay. pastor here. And yeah, it's essentially just coming alongside him, supporting him. I'm doing a lot of stuff with the kids small groups. So yeah, awesome. Awesome. I don't know if that really answered the question. <laughs> That's a great answer yeah. to me. We can just I'm make things up here. I'm excited to work here. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you. And you got came on in the fall, correct? Yes, November. Okay, so it's just been a few months here at Kingsway. Uh, Jesse, you were in ministry at your last church, student pastor, so definitely a, a different season for you now as well, moving down here to Indianapolis. That's right. I got promoted to uh, being a full-time daddy daycare kind of dad. And <laughs> yes! Ministry has been more intense ever since, man. <laughs> yeah. Being a stay-at-home dad, he said, has like been the most intense ministry he's ever done being a children's and youth pastor was just a training ground for you know full-time daddy daycare <laughs> so you are equipped you are ready to go amen you're learning one day at a time absolutely and this is actually airing on one of your son's birthdays this is jack's happy fourth birthday he's Yay! so excited to get a podcast right yeah, he has his birthday is groundhog day so his first birthday was like a little groundhog cake and okay. cake pops and the lady who made his cake she just thought they turned out so hideous she's like who wants a groundhog cake she did not understand <laughs> but we liked it it was super fun but andy's wife actually made some rocking uh, cupcakes and cake for, for him this year. that we ate for his birthday. Delicious. Yeah. It, One it, of Leah's many gifts. You're a blessed man. I would agree with that. And I got to have a few cupcakes too. So oh, I'm still on my sugar perfect. high. <laughs> <laughs> the jelly fill, man. Oh, dude. Sitting oh. right here in the middle. The best. All right. We should talk about other things besides cupcakes uh, because you've got a great story. You've got a hard story, but it's a beautiful story of how God's grace has been all throughout uh, your marriage and your your family. And so let's just tell that story first. Olivia, if you want to lead us off about Jack and Archer and just where God has brought you to this point. Yeah, absolutely. So Jesse, this gentleman next to me is my best friend. We met in college. I, tr I tripped down the stairs and landed at his feet. And we've been laughing together and growing together pretty much ever since then. How and many steps are we talking about? Oh my goodness, I don't know. It was like a slip on a banana hit the top of the stairs yeah. on your butt. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, and I tried to I tried to play it up and like something about me is I'm klutzy, but I can sometimes be witty, so that makes up for it. So I was like, sorry, I'm just getting used to this whole walking thing. Wow. And yeah, I totally, and he laughed and it kind of redeemed the moment a little bit. And so. I tried to be witty back and I said, well, I'm falling for you, even though she was the one <laughs> falling, didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. It was, it was, a, it was a great meet cute, as they call it in Hollywood. But anyway, so then, you know, we we kind of felt we kind of followed a path so we graduated from college together Moody Bible Institute um, we got married um, still while we were still in college for a year we lived together and married housing there then after college Jesse kind of felt called into pastoral ministry and um, 
we both prayed about it, journeyed about it. We decided to follow his path. We moved to Michigan, where he was a next generation pastor for about almost five years there at a church called Brighton Christian Church. Um, made a lot of great memories there with like many amazing students and people that we miss a lot. Um, then we had Jack, kind of like I said, our first son. Um, and he's just great. He has been just healthy and vibrant since birth and given us a run for our money. And he's just hilarious, <laughs> dinosaur enthusiast, the funniest, sweetest kid, um, the strongest will, will of iron. But, you know, we're working through that. <laughs> but, um so then we decided, you know, we had a house. I was, I had wanted to be a stay-at-home parent mm. until my kids were in preschool. That was just my personal conviction. And Jesse and I had talked about it before we got married. And we said, you know, we just think it's best, like in our situation, because we didn't have family close, for one of us to stay home. And obviously, because he was pastoring at the time, that just naturally fell to me. And I loved it. And I wanted to be there for my kids, especially just in those really early formative years. Uh, so then we got pregnant with our second child. And you know, God definitely had other plans for us. Um, and my pregnancy with Archer was um, pretty normal. At one point, they thought his head was measuring small. So I went in for another ultrasound and they said, never mind, he looks perfect. You don't need to come back. But when he was born, um, he was born and I held him for a second and they immediately took him out of my arms and they said, oh, he's just, you know, not really breathing normally. I'm sure he looks so healthy, though. You'll have him back in five minutes. And I didn't get to hold him for eight days and neither wow. did Jesse. Yeah. And nobody could really figure out what was wrong with him. There was a host of things that they didn't see on the ultrasound. So he had a coarctation of the aorta, which is a narrowing of his heart that was causing him not to get enough blood flow to his body. He had misshapen kidneys, um, hypothyroidism, which is really serious in babies, um, yeah, um, a diaphragm, wow. which is basically his body didn't produce calcium. And so there were just a lot of things and nobody really knew why he didn't fit any box. They did some genetic testing when he was first born and it all came back normal. So they just didn't really understand what was going on. Um, so they had an open heart surgery when he was a couple of days old to fix that narrowing. Um, but then this was very unprecedented. He, he recoarked. Mm. So what that means is that the narrowing happened again twice. And I mean, this was before he was five months old. He had had three. So they gave him an angioplasty when he was probably four months old, two months old, and, two months old, and then that did not work. That did uh -huh. not take. So then we had to make a decision as a couple. Do we do another? And with doctors, obviously a lot sure. of their input cardiology, but, um, we had to decide: do we do an do we do another open heart um, surgery, which is wow. so hard for kids, or do we do a stent? Which so we decided to do the stent, and then because of all this, he was really struggling to learn how to drink out of a bottle. So parents, you know, it's hard to be a newborn. It's a, a new a parent of a newborn or any young kids. But for us, this was also at the height of the pandemic. So he was born March eighth, which is oh, wow. literally everything was shut down. So for weeks, I mean, it was just we didn't know how bad Corona was, and we had this very sick baby. And so Jesse and I, thankfully, we had support from our church at the time, people would leave meals, but we didn't see other people except for the visiting nurse that would come. And we had this child that was just so sick and we're, we did, we had to do like, you know, feeding tubes. Mm -hmm. um, then there's been a lot of other types of therapy just, uh, that we had to, to insert do. insert a real life example here. So before you leave the hospital with a kid like Archer, you have to learn as a parent to insert an NG tube mm -hmm. up their nostril, down their esophagus, mm -hmm. into the stomach. And yeah. you have to be ready to put it back in in case it comes out. Yeah. So we both had to graduate uh, before leaving the hospital. With that. with that. Yeah. And so there's just been a lot of things that were, it was extremely difficult, when, especially when you add the isolation of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. Then, so he just wasn't progressing in feeding. And we were told by a lot of people, you should get, a, if you don't know what it is, a G tube, which is a tube directly in the stomach. Huh. Whereas the tube that he had was just going down his nose. So you can 
take it out. But the G-tube is a more permanent way of them getting calories where it goes. The food goes directly into their stomach. So we, it was really hard for me, for both of us, when we prayed through it, like to decide to make that choice for him to do another surgery after yeah. he had so many, but everyone was telling us it would be the best thing. So we did that when he was five months old, almost six months old. And um, he had a stroke about two hours after his G-tube surgery. And what was really difficult for us about that was that we watched him have a stroke. We watched his eyes roll back into his head and he immediately was a different kid. And for three and a half days, no doctors would believe us. And they kept trying to send us home with him when our child had been smiling, laughing, developing, and all of a sudden he was just gone. And, you know, as I think something like that I didn't realize before I was a parent is how well, you know, your child when they're a baby, like, you know, their personality by the time they're five or six months old, you know, what their skills are, what they can do or what they can't do. So it was horrible for us when we saw our child disappear and we, we had to advocate for him. So they found out that he had a deep brain bleed. Um, that was a stroke that was in one of the most important parts of your brain, the thalamus. And typically if an adult has a stroke or brain bleed that size in their thalamus, the doctors told us, you know, an adult would be in a coma and maybe die because that's how it is. I mean, it controls consciousness. It controls everything. And so, I mean, our, our awesome cardiologist who was from Iceland, he was in shock because a few days after the stroke, thousands and thousands of people around the world were praying for Archer, the community of faith all over the world rallied and he was moving his arms. He was starting to smile again. He was doing things that doctors did not understand how he could possibly, how is this the same kid that we're seeing on the brain scans? How is this the same brain? So it was crazy. Um, and then most recently, so it's been, you know, a very long 10 months, most recently since I actually, when I started working at Kingsway, so I was here and then I kind of disappeared. Um, (laughs) He developed something called West syndrome, which I, we think is probably from his stroke, which is basically seizures that started developing that wipe out their um, abilities. Yeah. So we, again, he, his personality had come back after the stroke, but then all of his personalities and skills were disappearing. And Matt and a lot of Kingsway elders came and prayed with us because we just didn't know, we didn't understand. And so we had to get, we just finished a round of injections for him mm-hmm. that were supposed to basically reset his brain. And he is now smiling, starting mm-hmm. to roll over, doing everything again. Again, like the medicine worked, the injections worked. And we finally had an answer during that time as we were doing this horrible treatment for seizures. Mm-hmm. We got a call from Riley Geneticist and they told us he has Kabuki syndrome, which is a multi-system disability that um, causes basically kids' bodies to fail in like uh-huh. various ways. Although I like to think that his body is fighting and not failing. So that's been a little bit of our medical journey. And after his stroke, I looked at Jesse and I said, especially because of Corona, you know, a lot of hospitals, only one parent can be there. Yeah. And I looked at Jesse and I said, I can't do this by myself. Cause I was there the day that he was diagnosed for the stroke by myself. Cause Jesse was home with Jack. And yeah. I said, I just, I can't do the medical stuff anymore. I can't do the fighting with fighting with doctors, the advocating, I don't stay as calm as he does. And I was just broken. I just said, I think I should go back to work. I, I know that I think maybe we should switch roles. And there were things that were going on with him too, that he thought that that might be right because whoever was going to be home was also going to be the full-time medical caregiver and advocate. I mean, right now it's in 13 different specialties in Riley, right, babe? Count them 13. Yeah. Wow. And so if you want to share a little bit about how that's yeah, been, I don't know. Yeah, your transition, Jesse, and then becoming the the medical caregiver for your son. Yeah, um, I could talk for hours, so I'll try to be brief, but it was thrust upon both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you have a child, you just, um, the kind of built default expectation is that they're going to be able-bodied, they're going to be uh, mentally neurotypical, they're uh, going to just be easier than Mm -hmm. Archer has been medically, 
And so you either have a choice to check out mm-hmm. and give up, throw in the towel, or you have the choice to fight every day and to just move forward in faith and with God every day. So that's what we've been doing. And, and yeah, I basically have just taken on the, the role of his full-time caregiver. Um, he came home on eight medications each night. We do all sorts of different medications through his tubes and physical therapy, trying to teach him how to do things. It's Jesse's phenomenal at physical therapy. And yeah, I mean, just things like sitting up, rolling over, lifting your head, um, things like swallowing liquids and solids are uh, difficult to learn. And they're, they're not just automatic things that kids have. It's a blessing from God. So we are working hard with him just to get him where he needs to be. And like Olivia alluded to, he has 13 different departments that he sees based on um, that Kabuki syndrome that, that causes almost every major organ system in the body to somehow dysfunction. Yeah. Where have you seen God at work, Jesse, mm-hmm. in this? It's hard to not see where God's at work in all of this. Um, we, we have a theology of uh, God's complete sovereignty and, and grace, and we have a theology of suffering. And so we know God, uh, you know, w- wanted to, to bring us through the valley of the shadow of death, and he, he wanted to be our shepherd in the midst of it. So we have seen him at every turn. Yeah. Um, we cannot exhaust his grace and his kindness through our prayers. We just continue to pour those out to him. So at every turn, I mean, I, I guess a concrete example like Olivia said earlier, was from his stroke. Um, he had a stroke, and then for three, four days, um, wasn't looking ahead, wasn't looking really at anything. His eyes were just kind of going in a cyclical pattern, and he wasn't smiling, wasn't crying, wasn't emoting, wasn't uh, sleeping, just in kind of a veg- vegetative state. And I, that was probably the most devastated I've ever been as a parent. And so what, what can you do but just cry out to God? We particularly looked at the stories in the Gospels of parents bringing their sick children to Jesus and begging him to just heal them and help uh, them. And so the one that a couple of them we leaned into was when um, the, uh, the, the, the dead man, uh, I'm sorry, uh, when Jesus is going into the town of Nain and there's a, a, a funeral happening and um, they're bringing out the the, the dead son of, of a, a mm. widow, yeah. and Jesus raises him from the dead, and it, the text says that he gave him back to his mother. And uh, that's mm. how Olivia feels, and as a father, I feel that too. And then we leaned into um, the story where um, Jesus has brought an epileptic, an epileptic boy who's demon-possessed, and uh, the father just says, um, you know, basically, I, I believe, help me, help my unbelief. And so we look at those stories and we just cried out to him and we did see our son come back to us. Yeah. He, he was smiling again. He was um, becoming more of himself over, over the course of a basically a seven to eight day period. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I spent time with a neurosurgeon looking at the MRI and he's just floored. How can this be? How can this boy have this massive brain bleed in the most crucial part of his brain and be acting like this? And I said, sir, do you know that God is real, that Jesus is real? And so that's, we've seen him at every turn. And I could tell you lots of those types yeah. of stories. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think just seeing God, I think it's also like hard because it's ingrained in us, right? I, I think it's ingrained in us to want rest, to want to want wealth, to want ease, to want comfort. And those are good things. And I do think there's so many examples for everyone of times that God brings what we need at just the right time and what we want. But 
I think for me, God has just redefined what is a good thing. Mm. Like God will withhold no good thing for those he loves. But sometimes what we like, what we think of when we think of good things is not necessarily what God brings. And Archer has made me come to start to find a good thing as what brings me closer to God and also what brings me closer to my husband and to other people because there are so many mothers who struggle, like, you know, just so many simple things like me not being able to breastfeed, be, breastfeed, breastfeed, <laughs> because he would have, <laughs> because it would have, um, <laughs> sorry, because he would have, um, you know, choked, things like that. Like yeah. I can relate to other mothers who struggle with that because it's such a hard, feeding is such a difficult thing when you have a newborn, like whether you're an adoptive mom, there's a lot of things. So I've just been able to relate to other people and I've been realizing, wow, these things that seem so horrible and they are, it is painful. Yeah. But yeah, it's what God thinks is a good thing and he'll, he'll withhold no good thing from those he loves. Difficult circumstances can so many times drive a wedge in a marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How has this brought you two together? Well, when you suffer together with somebody, you develop an intimacy with them that you don't have with other people. Yeah. And so because we've suffered together, we've bonded, we've become more bonded to each other. Um, you know, we've been in the trenches together. Um, we have, I mean, ever since she was pregnant with Archer, it's been difficult. And so, um, you know, nobody else has that history with me and nobody else has that history with her. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to link arms and just to go through it hand in hand together is, has been so bonding in and, itself. I mean, it's been a lot of trauma for us, obviously, just as individuals and then as parents. Um, so I think with trauma, you know, it's like whenever you eat some bad food, right, it's like the only way to get it out is to throw up, is to is to get it out of your body, is to, yeah. is to detox, detoxify your system. And I think it's hard because when one hard thing with Archer ends, we get thrust into another battle. So we haven't even had time to just detox, to just spit out that poison. And so sometimes just it we spit it out on each other without meaning to. It just comes out if we don't have time to talk and connect because we're doing therapies and going to the hospital constantly and, you know, trying to keep Jack alive and happy and thriving (laughs) all at the same time, our little dinosaur, you know. Pretending to be different. Yeah, we're we're pretending to be, you know, an Albertosaurus or a Cosmoceratops or all kinds of weird things. Yes, we know know those dinosaurs. Yeah. (laughs) Those are real? Those are real. Okay. Oh, yeah, they're real. Oh, believe me, Jack, Jack will, will tell you educate about him. you. Uh, yeah. He'll need to, yeah. But uh, anyway, so I think it's hard. So when you have all this trauma and you're being traumatized together, it's easy to just. For me, I think my biggest thing that's hard is sometimes when I get home from work at night, or when we've gone through something big like with the seizures. My dad has epilepsy, so that hit oh, wow. me different. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I've seen you know some of the struggles he's gone through and um, his life. So I think obviously it hits me different than another person and. Um, so it was hard at first. I just wanted to check out and numb out and be on my phone yep. or watch a show and just totally escape my life. Um, and even sometimes just like escape my marriage because I didn't want to have those hard conversations with mm-hmm. Jesse. And I think he's been at that place too. And I think it's okay if sometimes for you to escape and have that self-care together. But when he wants to engage and I'm just on my phone mm-hmm. because I'm dealing with that trauma, that's that's not good. And so I think it's just been intentional of just let's, whatever we do, whether it's, you know, escaping and needing Mm -hmm. to veg out and needing to rest or whether it's processing our trauma just to do it together Mm -hmm. and not to live in separate worlds because it could be very, I think it's very easy in marriage to drift off into your separate worlds and not take time to pray and talk and engage together. It's just easy. Um, So I think we've just had to be intentional about, okay, like this is what we're going to do with our time together. And we aren't perfect at it, believe me, but it's been a growth curve. Well, and though it's been great suffering, none of what's happened has been 
uh, like something I did to Olivia, or Olivia did to me. Yeah. Right. You know, right. th- this this is like I said, a valley God's been bringing us through, and so you know, we're not mad at each other or anything. Right. We're just yeah. like, man, we're both going through it together. We and have I, compassion I miss for you, each man. other. I miss you so much. <laughs> we like don't Gosh. we don't see each other that much. And, and see, we're just good friends. Like yeah. we're, we're best friends, like she said. And so I think both of us, though, we're going to be faithful in taking care of our children. That's not our ultimate dream and, and like you know we like want to just go back to chicago together and like <laughs> you know romance each other in the city and, and just yeah. you know have our friendship be rekindled in all kinds of ways so um we, i think we kind of live in uh, a good fantasy if you will of mm-hmm. of just saying like look like what do we want to do together one day let's yeah. you know let's this is not our whole life let's it's, not stop it's dreaming our, right yeah, and, and just be faithful now. But, man, like, we're just friends. We're going to do stuff with each other outside of our kids. Too. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you, guys. Let, I want to pray for you guys before we go and your family. Um, we just pr- appreciate you guys so much. And I want to join or invite everyone listening in to pray uh, with us as well for this precious family. God, we thank you so much for Jesse and Olivia. We thank you for their story. We thank you for how you're guiding them through this valley and that they are clinging to you and clinging to one another. God, we pray for Jack, that you would continue to fill him with joy. And the same for Archer, uh, this, this kid that I see Olivia's posts, and, and he is a miracle. Uh, he's, he's done so many things because you have allowed him to do so many things. And so I just pray that you would guide him in his life, and you would take away his pain, and you would take away the pain of this family as you walk them through this valley. And we are so excited for the dreams you have for them ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thank yep. you so much.